The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Hello, everyone. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the weekly wrap from Hawkeye's Mike. This podcast focuses on Iowa men's and women's basketball, as well as wrestling and baseball, plus updates on Hawkeye's football. You'll hear from Iowa's head coaches and student athletes, as well as sports reporters and special guests, along with our own Tyler Chumeland and Jack Bransgard. In this week's show, we'll go on the court for men's basketball. You'll hear from head coach Fran McCaffrey, and we'll talk Iowa's big wins at Maryland and at Wisconsin. Wisconsin and preview the Penn State game. Also on the court in women's basketball, you'll hear from head coach Lisa Bluter, and we'll talk about Iowa's costly stumble in the opening round of the Big Ten tournament. In wrestling on the mat, Tyler Chumeland and special guest Matt McDonough, an in-depth preview of this weekend's Big Ten wrestling championships. And we'll go on the field to catch up with Iowa baseball. Hawkeye's mic programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. On the court, the Iowa men's basketball team had a great week. They're playing some of their best basketball of the season, and they're doing so against the top teams in the Big Ten. The Hawkeyes won at 24th-ranked Maryland, 83-69 last Saturday. They lit up the Terrapins with a three-point barrage. The Hawkeyes built a lead early. They outplayed Maryland throughout the game. They never fell behind. They led 47-40 at the half. They were 16-26 of from beyond the arc. That's the most by Iowa. Iowa in a Big Ten game this season. They were led by Jordan Bohannon's 8 of 10 from beyond the arc. That's the most by a freshman in a single game in Iowa history. And he also finished with a career best of 24 points. Tyler Cook was also terrific. He had his first career double-double. 21 points, 10 rebounds. Pete Jock added 11 points and had four boards. Iowa played great defense and especially in the zone, they were able to hold Maryland's leading scorer Mello Trimble to just 10 points on 4 of 13 shooting. And then Iowa capped off its week on Thursday night, winning in the last seconds at Wisconsin, 59-57. to It was only Iowa's fourth win ever at the Kohl Center, and the first since 2011. And it's the third straight win over a ranked team, and the fourth overall this season. Iowa led 32-25 to at the half. They forced nine Wisconsin turnovers, shot seven of 11 from beyond the arc in that period. But Whiskey outplayed Iowa for much of the second half, and the Hawkeyes were down seven points with just under three minutes left in the game, but that's when things changed. Iowa played great defense throughout this contest for the most part, and ultimately that was the difference, including forcing two Wisconsin turnovers at the end, which the Hawkeyes turned into four quick points on layups by Bohannon and Ahmad Wagner. Now, Wagner's steal and layup resulted in his only points of the game, but it was crucial, and it brought the Hawkeyes to within one, 57-56, with just a minute 35 left. 
The defense then held Wisconsin scoreless, and in fact, the Hawkeyes finished the game on a 7-0 run, including the closing seconds dagger-in-the-heart three-pointer by Joe Bo, who's turned into a cold-blooded assassin, and he's not afraid to take a big-time shot anytime. And in fact, in this one, he had shot an air ball on his previous three-point attempt, yet at the end, he never hesitated. And that shot was made possible by a great play by Cordell Pemsel. He rebounded a missed Pete Jock shot attempt, and then he fed it perfectly to Bohannon beyond the arc, who drained the game winner. Nick Bear played another terrific game, one of his best as a Hawkeye. He had a team and season-best 14 points, including four three-pointers. He had five rebounds, and he played outstanding defense all over the court for the whole game. Pemsel also scored in double figures. He finished with 10 points to go along with his game-winning assist at the end. Tyler Cook had nine points and eight boards. Pete Jock, whose back and or shoulder were clearly bothering him once again, finished with just eight points on two of ten shooting from the field. This was a particularly sweet game for Bohannon because two of his older brothers played for the Badgers, who did not try to recruit him. There was another Big Ten officiating controversy in this contest, and it could have easily cost Iowa the game you'll remember earlier in the year in the double overtime loss at Minnesota. At the end of regulation, the officials failed to grant an Iowa timeout, which was clearly being called after an inbounds pass, and then they compounded that by calling a jump ball when the Minnesota player involved was standing out of bounds. In this game's final two minutes and 16 seconds, Jock was trying to get free from a Wisconsin player who had his arm wrapped around Jock. Wisconsin was whistled for the foul. Jock goes to the free throw line, hits his first shot there, then with the Wisconsin bench complaining to the officials about Jock's elbows on that play, the officials stopped the game at that point between the free throws. They went for a monitor review. Now that's in violation of the rules. Once Jock had the ball for the first free throw, it was a live ball, not a dead ball situation, and you can't go to a monitor review in a live ball situation. Then they ended up calling Jock for a flagrant one, supposedly automatic for elbows raised above the head as he was trying to get away from the Wisconsin player. But that's also not the correct ruling under the NCAA rules. Fortunately, it ended up not costing the Hawkeyes, but those kinds of officiating errors should not be tolerated in the Big Ten, and it's inexcusable that experienced officials like the ones who worked that game apparently don't understand some of these key rules. Iowa now sits at 17-13 and 13 overall. They're 9-8 and eight in conference play. They now have five RPI top 50 wins this season. Purdue, Maryland, Iowa State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. In the week ahead here, they close out the regular season tomorrow. It's senior day at Carver Hawkeye Arena. It's also Pete Jock bobblehead giveaway day. Penn State will be the opponent. The Nittany Lions are 14-16 and 16 overall, 6-11 and 11 in the Big Ten, but they are playing tough this season. Pre-game ceremonies will honor Jock and senior Dale Jones, plus three student managers. This is a critical game for Iowa, which can close out the Big Ten season with four straight wins and finish two games above 500 in conference play. That's significant momentum heading into postseason games. The Big Ten tournament comes up this week, Wednesday through Sunday, at the Verizon Center in Washington, D.C. First time it will ever be played there. If the Hawkeyes can pick up at least one win there and, of course, defeat Penn State tomorrow, the NCAA chances, which looked non-existent a couple of weeks ago, start looking very possible. And if not, the NIT now appears a lock as a backup after the three wins over Indiana, Maryland, and Wisconsin. Yesterday, Fran McCaffrey was asked if Iowa is playing its best defense of the season in these last 
last few games with the wins over Indiana and at Maryland and at Wisconsin. Early in the season, you know, our defense was not good at all. The critical thing is that we recognized that and, and made improvement. But we could not continue to just give up the amount of points we were giving up and just trade baskets with teams. You know, I always go back to, you know, losses that stick out of my head. You know, we score 92 and lose. We score 89 and lose. You're supposed to win those games. And uh, we figured out how to do that. And that, you know, like I said before, that experience factor that comes with just going through it is the only thing that, that corrects it. You know, you, you, you can watch film and you can do drills. But you've got to be out there in a game situation and have failure and have success and figure out how you have more successes than failures. And that's what we've done. McCaffrey talks about Pete Jock, his importance to the program overall, and whether he, McCaffrey, has a favorite moment with his star senior. You know what, I don't know that there's, I, I can point to one. I mean, he, he's been very special to me, you know, for a lot of reasons. Number one, he was an immediate priority when I, when I moved to Iowa City. And, uh, you know, I just tried to connect with him initially in a way that he would feel comfortable coming to play here. And, you know, just his growth has meant a lot to this program in so many ways. And, and the thing that, that I talk about that is maybe a little bit unique, a lot of guys are here because of him. You know, he, he, he did such a great job as a recruiter selling this program, selling our style, selling this institution and what it's like to live here. And, you know, I'll be forever thankful to him for that because I mean, he's hosted pretty much all the guys we have. And, uh, you know, there's just no substitute for that. The, the, the most important thing in any recruiting process is your players and their ability to communicate what it's like to play here. And he's done that incredibly well at the same time being a, a one of the best players in the country so you know I, I couldn't be happier that he's enjoying the success that he has and he's gonna be playing for a long time McCaffrey was asked about true freshman point guard Jordan Bohannon's willingness to take big shots as he did hitting the game winner at Wisconsin you know, I think it's one of the things that has always made him special. He just keeps coming. You know, he 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 missed a shot shortly before that that he surely expected to make. You know, he, he said as much, you know, in the press conference. And he just comes right back. I mean, he, he just forgets that shot and makes the next one. He just has such incredible confidence every time he shoots the ball. The important thing, I think, is to let him know that I have the same confidence in him and want him to just keep shooting. And, he, I mean, I've seen him do that type of thing so many times times that, uh, you know, I don't think anybody that knows him or has been around him is surprised that he made that shot. I think we would have all been surprised if it didn't go in because he's always made that shot. And, and uh, you know, I just couldn't be happier for him. I know what it means to him and his family and all that, but, you know, he, he wanted to be a hawk and he's a hawk and he wants to keep making shots like that. McCaffrey was asked whether the recent wins against the top Big Ten teams are a sign that his young team is growing in maturity. Well, no question. You know, they've grown together. You know, we've had, you know, four overtime games, you know, two double overtime games. Uh, we've played really, really well on the road at times and not so well. We've played really, really well at home at times and not so well. You know, it didn't start out the way we'd hoped, you know, the first 10 games or so. You know, I say this all the time, but it's part of the journey. You've got to experience it. That's why we put that schedule together the way we did. You know, and I looked at it and I thought, you know, maybe it's too aggressive. You know, we did have some easier games, and sometimes you can't control that if there are teams in a tournament that you're in. But, you know, we took care of business there. We didn't take care of business in Omaha. We didn't play particularly well in, in Florida. But that's part of the growth process. You know, we, 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 we learned a lot down there. 
and, and you know, you can stay home and, and play two bops, or you can go down to Florida and play two really good teams, and that's what we did. So that's just how we're going to continue to do it. And uh, you know, obviously, we look back and wish we had played a little bit better, you know, in November. But uh, it's part of the reason why we're playing better. And McCaffrey was asked what impresses him about Penn State. Well, a lot of things. Number one, they've really competed this year. You know, they've got some huge wins. They have some really tough losses, but they've played extremely well in those losses. They don't go away. If you get them down, they keep coming. They've got more weapons than they've ever had, and and they've gradually improved. You've seen that, but this team's got guys who can score in a variety of ways. They defend. They're connected. They've got length. They can defend you. So, uh, you know, a very, very good team. Coming up next, Tyler Chemelins and Matt McDonough's preview of the Hawkeyes wrestling team in the Big Ten Championships. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on, up to 10 washings, moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. It's time for On the Mat on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin. The Hawkeyes have the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament coming up this weekend and the NCAA Tournament coming up in a couple weeks. Big Ten's this weekend in Bloomington, Indiana. Hawkeyes looking to qualify all 10 wrestlers. That's obviously the goal for the Iowa Hawkeyes. They've got a senior-laden team sprinkled in with some underclassmen as well as some freshmen hoping to get to the national tournament for their first time, as well as a couple guys in the middle there, guys like Brandon Sorensen really trying to get back there, try to make some noise. Sorensen, the expectation is to win the Big Tens and the National Tournament. For all intents and purposes for this podcast here on the Weekly Wrap, we're just going to go ahead and go through very, very quickly. Going to preview the upcoming special on the mat. Check it out at Hawkeyes Mike, at Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter. I'm going to be joined by two-time Big Ten champ, two-time NCAA champ, and three-time All-American Matt McDonough. He joined me earlier this week. We had a chance to break down the Big Ten Wrestling Championships. We're going to go ahead and play a preview of that here on the Weekly Wrap, and then we're going to get into that interview on the actual On the Mat podcast. Check that out. Good stuff there as well. Let's go ahead and get into this. 125, Thomas Gilman, the undefeated number one ranked wrestler for the Hawkeyes, two-time All-American. He'll face off against a pretty good group of opponents. Nick Suriano of Penn State, the number two wrestler. He's the two seed at 125. Seven guys are going to qualify. Suriano may not wrestle this weekend. He's day-to-day. It's a game-time decision. He was injured in the NWCA duels uh, last week against Oklahoma State, so it'd be interesting to see if Suriano wrestles. Then you've got Tim Lambert from Nebraska, who uh, Gilman's dominated over the years. Ethan Lizak, he's the guy that um, was up on Gilman 8-0 and Gilman pinned him in the dual meet. Connor Yautze of Michigan, number 16 wrestlers, the 5 seed. Johnny Jimenez, he's number 19. He's the 6 seed from Wisconsin. Elijah Oliver is the 7 seed from Indiana. And Jose Rodriguez is the number 8 seed from Ohio State. All the seeds I'm going to go ahead and read are the pre-seeds that came out earlier this week. 7 wrestlers will qualify, 125. Barring anything crazy, Thomas Gilman should qualify. He expects to win the Big Tens, though. That's the expectation. 133, 9 qualifiers. Number 1, Nathan Thomas the champ last year. He's a two-time champ. He's the number one ranked wrestler and the number one seed. Eric Montoya, the number two seed, he is ranked number four from Nebraska. He defeated Corey Clark, who's the three seed for the Iowa Hawkeyes in the dual meet a few weeks ago. Clark lost to Montoya in a very, very tough fought match. Three-time All-American Corey Clark. He was the champion last year. Clark looking to get back there this season. Number four, Zane Richards from Illinois, the number six ranked wrestler overall. Steven Mischick from Michigan, number seven. He's the five seed. Billy Rappo from Maryland's the six seed. Mitch McKee from Minnesota 
Minnesota as the 16 seed. You've got Luke Welch from Purdue, Scott Dovecchio from Rutgers, Eli Stickley from Wisconsin, Jason Ipsardis from Northwestern, Austin Eicher from Michigan State's the 12 seed, 13 seed Garrett Peppel from Indiana, and then Tristan Law from Penn State, the number 14 seed at 133. Again, they'll have nine qualifiers automatically. I would imagine that we'll see quite a bit of at-large bids coming out of the Big Ten as we usually do, but nine qualifiers at 133. 141, nine qualifiers. Again, tough weight class, but it's definitely one that can be won by a lot of different individuals. Anthony Oshnault from the Rutgers, he was the champ last year. He's the number five ranked wrestler. He's the one seed. Jimmy Gulaban from Penn State, he's the two seed, number 10 overall. Tommy Thorne from Minnesota, number three seed, number 11 overall. Colton McChrystal, he was defeated by Carton in the, in the dual meet a few weeks ago, number 14 overall ranked. He's the four seed. Luke Pletcher from Ohio State's number 12 overall. He's the five seed. And then the Hawkeye, Topher Carton, the senior, number 13 overall. He's in the rankings. He's the sixth seed. Javier Gasca, the third from Michigan State. Cole Martin from Wisconsin. Salvatore Profaki from Michigan. Alex McKenna from Northwestern. Cole Weaver is the 11 seed from Indiana. Ryan Irisman from Purdue is the 12 seed. Ryan Dial from Maryland is the 13 seed. And Musa Joda from Illinois is the 14 seed. Topher Carton at 141. Nine wrestlers will qualify. He is the sixth seed. 149, six qualifiers. Number one, Zane Rutherford from Penn State. He was the champ last year. He is number one. He has had the number two wrestlers number. The number two, Brandon Sorensen, ranked number four overall. Hawkeye, he's placed second at the Big Tens in these first two seasons. As a junior, looking to see the top of the podium. Had a very tough uh, match uh, with Rutherford in the dual meet. We'll see if Sorensen can't get it done. Other tough wrestlers, number three, Micah Jordan from Ohio State. He's ranked number five, right behind Sorensen in the overall rankings. Alfred Bannister from Maryland's number 15. He's the four seed. Theobald from Rutgers, number 14 overall. He's the five seed. Andrew Cohn from Wisconsin. He's ranked number 19 overall. Eric Barone from Illinois is number 20. He's the seven seed. And then Chris Perez is the eight seed. Should be a fun matchup. Should be a fun, interesting weight class to see how it pans out. 157, nine qualifiers. Michael Kemmerer for the Hawkeyes should probably be one of those. He's the number two ranked wrestler. Also the two seed. Number one, Jason Nolf. He's number one ranked overall. Number three, Tyler Berger. Kemmerer's 2-0 against Berger this season. Berger's the number three ranked wrestler and has the number three seed. Jake Short from Minnesota. He's the four seed. He is ranked number nine. Kyle Langendurfer from Illinois. He's number 13. He has the five seed. Brian Murphy from Michigan. He's the six seed, ranked number 10 overall. John Van Brill from Rutgers, seven seed, number 19 overall. Eight, Jake, Z- Jake Danishek from Indiana. Nine, TJ Rushall from Wisconsin. Ten, Alex Griffin from Purdue. Eleven, Jake Ryan from Ohio State. The number 12 seed at 157, Austin Thompson from Michigan State. Uh, Justin Alexander from Maryland's the 13 seed. And Northwestern's Ben Sullivan is the 14th seed. 157, nine automatic qualifiers. 165, seven qualifiers. Number one, Isaiah Martinez. He was the champ last year. He's the number one ranked wrestler at this weight class. Number two, Logan Massa from Michigan, the freshman. Number two at 165, the two seed. Isaac Jordan, ranked number three. He's the three seed. Number four, Vincenzo Joseph from Penn State. He's the four seed. And then it drops off a little bit, but I'm going to qualify seven. The five seed, Joey Gunther, the youngster for the Hawkeyes, ranked number 16. He's the five seed, Nick Wanzak. Gunther, 16, number 16, five seed. Wanzak, number 17, six seed. Dustin Williams from Nebraska with the seven seed. Eight is Drew, H- Drew Hughes from Michigan State. 165, seven qualifiers. Joey Gunther is the five seed. 174, nine qualifiers. Bo Jordan, the number one seed. He's number three from the Buckeyes. Number two, Mark Hall from Penn State. He's ranked overall number five. Zach Brunson, he's the number 11 wrestler. He's the three seed. Miles Amin from Michigan. He's number eight overall. He's the four seed. Senior All-American, Alex Meyer for the Hawkeyes. He's the five seed, currently ranked number 10. Jacob Pagano from Rutgers. He's the six seed, ranked number 15. Jacob Morrissey from Purdue. Uh, he's the seven seed. Devin Skatska from Indiana is the, six, the eight seed. Micah Barnes from Nebraska is the nine seed. Ten seeds, Chris Farr from Minnesota.
Florida. Uh, then it goes Christensen from Wisconsin, Barnes from Michigan State, Ugalde from Maryland, and Braxton Cody from Northwestern rounds it out with the 14th seed. At 184, nine qualifiers. This one should be interesting. Very good wrestlers at the top of this weight class. Bo Nickel from Penn State's the one seed. He's currently ranked number two. Number two, Sammy Brooks, Big Ten defending champion at 184. He's ranked number three. He's the two seed. Indiana brings Nate Jackson, the number eight ranked wrestler, number three in the seedings. Miles Martin, the four seed from Ohio State. He's ranked number seven. TJ Dudley, he's ranked number five. He has the five seed. Emery Parker from Illinois, he's ranked number 11. He has the six seed. Nick Gravina from Rutgers, he's ranked number 12, and he has the seven seed. Hunter Ritter from Wisconsin's eight. Mitch Schliga is the nine seed from Northwestern. Bobby Stevenson from Minnesota, he's the 10 seed. And then the 11 seed from the Purdue Boilermakers, Tanner Lined. And then 12, Ernest Bat- Bataglia from Michigan. Uh, Schwan Shadea from Michigan State's the 13 seed. And Idris White from Maryland has the 14 seed at 184. Nine wrestlers will qualify. Sammy Brooks is the two seed. 197 and heavyweight. Let's get to these final two weight classes. And then we'll get to that preview of the Matt McDonough interview for from the special on the mat. 197, seven qualifiers. Number one ranked, or number two seed, Brett Farr. Number two ranked overall. Number two seed is Colin Moore, ranked number four overall from Ohio State. Number three is Aaron Studebaker from Nebraska, ranked number six. He's the three seed. Matt McCutcheon is ranked number seven. And he's the four seed from Penn State. Ricky Robertson from Wisconsin. He's ranked number 12. He has the five seed at 197. Jacob Berkowitz from Northwestern. He has the six seed at 197. And then the seven seed has seven qualify. It's Cash Wilkie, the youngster from the Iowa Hawkeyes. Seven qualifiers automatically. Cash Wilkie is the seven seed. Eight seed, Christian Bruner from Purdue. Should be interesting to see where Wilkie falls into this. He could definitely improve his seeding. All he has to do is place top seven, and he'll automatically qualify for the NCAA tournament. Heavyweight, five qualifiers. I would think they'll get at least one additional at large bid, but only five qualifiers, and they've got some really very, very good wrestlers in the 285 category in the Big Ten. Number one, Kyle Snyder, Big Ten champ, NCAA champ, world champ from Ohio State. He's the ranked number one. He's the one seed. Number two, Connor Medbury from Wisconsin. He's also ranked number two, gets the two seed. Nick Nevels from Penn State. He's ranked number three, and he gets the three seed. Michael Krails from Minnesota, number eight. He's the four seed. Colin Jensen from the Huskers of Nebraska. He's ranked number 13. He gets the five seed. Brooks Black, number 16 from Illinois. He has the six seed. Yosef Hamida from Maryland has the seven seed. Stephen Holloway, unseeded at heavyweight. He's a freshman. He's undersized. The story is well documented. What can Stephen Holloway do in this Big Ten Wrestling Championships? There you go. It's at Indiana this weekend in Bloomington. Looking forward to it. Should be a good experience. Should be a good time watching all these Hawkeyes wrestle. The Big Ten tournament's always a great time. You can catch a lot of the tournament on the Big Ten Network. A lot of it is televised. They do a great job. Really looking forward to that. Now, let's go ahead and preview on the mat the feature this week for the Big Ten Wrestling Championships. My uh, guest on the show was Matt McDonough, two-time Big Ten champ, two-time NCAA champ. Matt was gracious enough to join us this week. We had a really good time breaking down this Big Ten tournament. Go ahead and check out the podcast at Hawkeyes Mike. Same place you found this one. Just go to wrestling. Go to on the mat. It's a special. You can also find it on our Twitter feed at Hawkeyes Mike. I'm your host, Tyler Trummel. Let's go ahead and get in this preview with Matt uh, from earlier this week. This preview's on the mat, the feature presentation on Hawkeyes. Mike, here's myself and Matt McDonough breaking down the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament for the first two weight classes. We're joined now by Matt McDonough, two-time NCAA champion. He's won Big Ten championships. He's done pretty much anything and everything you could possibly do at this level of wrestling. So, Matt, first time you've been on the program, it's uh, it's nice having you on, man. Thank you. It is, uh, it's great to be on, and uh, it's that exciting time of year again where it's Getting ready for championship season. 
Matt, we look at this Iowa team, and there's a lot of seniors here, but there's also some freshmen. This is really an odd kind of team. I think lots, of, you know, there's not a whole lot of guys that are that are middle classmen. There's, you know, you have Sorensen who's a junior. You've got a couple other guys that are there, but there's a couple freshmen, and then mostly seniors on this team. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's definitely has some striking similarities to the team that I was on um, my freshman year where there was a lot of seniors and a couple of good freshmen and looking to make a run. So um, I, I really like this team that the that, that Hawks have right now, and um, I think they, they definitely have a good shot at, at making some noise. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's start with one of those seniors, number one ranked Thomas Gilman. Uh, seven guys are going to qualify at 125. Gilman is obviously the favorite going into this undefeated record. He's had some great matches this year. He's even kind of become um, somewhat of a villain. I know that there's been a lot of Twitter action on that, and um, I, I, I like following Gilman. He's been one of my favorite wrestlers to cover just because of the personality there and kind of um, what kind of comes with it. But you look at the rest of this weight class, you got Suriano from Penn State, and then there's Lambert from Nebraska, who's the three seed going in. He's been able to dominate Lambert. He wrestled not prob- probably not his best match against Suriano, but he was able to beat him in the duel. This has got to be Gilman's time. I would imagine, Matt, that this is Gilman's weight class in the Big Tens, as well as the national tournament coming up in a couple weeks. This is absolutely Gilman's weight class. Um, it's it's his to, it's his to lose, and you know he he's not only looking to win, but he's looking to do it with. Uh, with striking fashion too. Um, you gotta wonder uh, the plan with Suriano. I know that I've read some uh, some stuff on whether or not he'll even compete at the Big Tens here, so that could make a difference um, in the tournament. But I I, uh, I really hope it and and uh, expect Gilman to to score some bonus points for the Hawks. And you know he um, he has a plan and he has a mission, and he's definitely um, stuck to it all year. I mean, he had a close call with uh, with Minnesota with Lezak, and he managed to fight his way out of that. I think that this is uh, this is his time, and he uh, he's willing it to to be that way. Matt, how hard is that going into the going into the postseason with that target on your back? I mean, you look at what you were able to do when you were at Iowa. You won Big Ten championships, you won NCAA championships, and you had to come back. And you were that guy that I think everybody was kind of targeting. Um, obviously, with your senior year, the way things went with injury and everything else, but how hard is that going into these tournaments with that target on your back? Uh, it definitely presents a new challenge. Everybody is trying to knock you off, and, and they want to blindside you. They want to catch you off guard, catch you relaxing a little bit. And even beyond that, the only time in my career I went into the Big Ten tournament undefeated was my freshman year. And that alone is extremely hard to do, and to get through all that without a loss is something that I never even was able to do. So if Gilman can do that, you know, he he ranks himself with with uh, some pretty great company of Hawkeyes being able to to run the table in the Big Tens and run the table in the Nationals and you know he doesn't have a title at either and so that's something I think that that probably comes to mind of a of a serious goal to meet to uh, to win a Big Ten title and to win a national title. Let's go ahead and move on to 133. Corey Clark coming in, the number five ranked wrestler, number three seed in the Big Ten. He's got Tomasello, who was the champ last year, the one seed Montoya from Nebraska, the uh, number four seed. Montoya was able to beat Clark uh, dramatic fashion in that match here a couple weeks 
Francisco in the dual meet. Clark, also a senior. You got to think this is his time to go. This He's been there at the end, hasn't quite got to where he wants to be. You got to think Clark is going to be kind of in the same boat as Gilman, I would think. Yeah, Corey Clark, he uh, he's a he's a strange fellow, you know. He he definitely is a gamer, and when it's time to compete, he's ready to compete. You know, he's had things going on all year with his shoulder, obviously wearing the brace, and I think the most of it was to prepare for this moment for this weekend. And I think he is ready to go. Um, he's going to have a tough challenge with Montoya. Montoya is a goer, and he, he wrestles the whole time. But, you know, you, you look at the way the match went. If you change one thing around for Clark on top where he um, he stays more solid and basic on top, and he wins that match. And that's something that he's going to have to do throughout this tournament is stay in good position throughout every match and not give up easy points. And, you know, that's the difference between the matches Clark's won this year year and the matches he's lost check out the feature on the mat breaking down the big 10 wrestling tournament that will be with myself and matt mcdonough two-time ncaa champ for the iowa hawkeyes hawkeye wrestling club member this has been on the mat this is hawkeyes mike Are you or your local Iowa company looking for a new roof or sheet metal work? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal specializes in low-slope commercial and industrial roofing and sheet metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years, TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, located in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides strong, expert customer service and the best quality fit for you, their customer. For a free estimate, give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll free at 1-800-383-7663. You can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, your home for all your low slope roofing systems. Give them a call today. Again, 319 848 4191 or toll free at 1 800 383 7663. Also on the court in women's basketball, it was a mixed bag for the Hawkeyes this past week. They did have success closing out the regular season last weekend, senior day at Carver Hawkeye Arena. They took care of business, defeated Wisconsin 71-60. Seniors Allie Disterhoff, Alexa Kostanik, and Haley Schneden were honored in a postgame ceremony. The Hawkeyes opened an early lead. Then they were outscored 21-13 in the third quarter. This is a problem that this team has had throughout the season, but the senior leadership pulled through in the stretch to clinch the victory, and Iowa won with a 17-2 run to finish out the game. Disterhoft had 19 points, Gastonic had 8 points, but hit two key threes during that late run, and Megan Gustafson continued her excellent sophomore season, 22 points, 14 boards, and her 15th double-double on the year. Then the Hawkeyes severely damaged their chances for an at-large berth in the NCAA tournament, with a frustrating loss in the opening round of the Big Ten tournament Thursday in Indianapolis. That was to Northwestern, 78-73. As has happened too often this season, Iowa held a lead early only to get outscored badly over too long a stretch of time. The Hawks led 17-14 after the first quarter, then trailed 41-23 at halftime. The Hawks did get Northwestern's leading scorer, Nia Coffey, in serious foul trouble. She had four fouls with over nine minutes left, yet the Hawkeyes were unsuccessful in taking 
taking the ball inside and trying to foul Coffey out. Coffey ended up playing the rest of the game with those four fouls and finished with a game and season high 34 points. Iowa did crawl back towards the end. They regained the lead 69-68 with 337 left, but then had crucial turnovers, including a ridiculous one with just 30 seconds left and a chance to win the game. The Hawkeyes finished with 17 turnovers overall, and Northwestern scored 19 points off of those, and that was ultimately the difference. The good in the game? Well, Iowa had three players in double figures. Gustafson had a career-high 27 points. That gives her 550 this season, and that's the most by an Iowa sophomore in history, and it's the 14th time this year she scored 20 points or more. Disterhoft had 18 points, just 19 points now away from tying Iowa's all-time career scoring record, and Mackenzie Meyer added 10. Iowa is now 17-13 overall and finished the regular season conference play at 8-8. Three Hawkeyes have earned all Big Ten honors, and that's the sixth time in school history. Two or more players have been named all Big Ten. Megan Gustafson was first team both coaches and media. Disterhoft first team coaches, but second team media. Don't know why that would have been the case. She should have been first there too. And Kathleen Doyle was named the all-freshman team. In the week ahead, I was waiting now to see whether they will play in the NCAA tourney in all likelihood no. The alternative will be to see if they get to host a game or two in the NIT, and that should be likely. Lisa Bluter had this to say about the disparity in her team's play this year at home versus on the road. We do have polar opposite records home and away, but at the same time, I think our schedule has been, you know, tough on the road. I, I feel like, you know, a lot of the people that we've played on the road, if you look at history, a lot of those games have been controlled by the home team. And uh, we played, I think, well on the road at times. Um, you know, a double overtime loss to Indiana. Uh, almost, you know, I mean, uh, we're winning with three and a half minutes to go at Michigan. Uh, we played well at Ohio State. We're tied game with uh, three and a half, four minutes to go there. Same thing with, you know, playing at Maryland. So I feel like we have played well with the exception of playing at Purdue. That was a tough game where we had three starters out. We had two out with concussions and one, you know, with the ACL. And so I I don't think that we played our best. I think we play our best at home. Like I think that's pretty natural. But at the same time, I think we have played well on the the road. We just haven't really quite managed to get that win, uh, except for at Rutgers. Ann Bluter provides her assessment of the team's offense at this point in the season now. After the loss earlier of point guard Tania Davis, and in particular, the play of Kathleen Doyle and Mackenzie Meyer, who took up that slack. You know, I think that they are doing a great job. I mean, both those women are freshmen. Uh, taking over for Tanaya Davis, who was on the all-freshman team last year at the point guard, and having to step into that position. And I, I think they have done a tremendous job. I am, I am so happy that we have both of those young women on our team. And I know the future is incredibly bright with the experience that they're getting this year. So I think they're, they're both doing a marvelous job. <laughs> Just a reminder, you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawkeyes. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the News and Events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. And you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, and Facebook.
On the field, it was a pretty good week for the Hawkeyes baseball team. They went 2-1 and one at the Hoover Classic, played in Hoover, Alabama last weekend. They split a pair with Alabama State, a 9-2 win and a 4-3 loss, and they defeated Moorhead State 14-7. They were rained out in a home game on Tuesday versus Cornell, and they're playing right now in the Dairy Queen Classic this weekend in Minneapolis, indoors at U.S. Bank Stadium. The Hawks hung on late yesterday, Friday, to defeat Hawaii 7-7. Six. They held off a ninth inning Warriors rally to do that. It was a season-high 17 hits for Iowa. Three newcomers with three hit games each. Chris Wayland, Jake Adams, who homered in the first inning too, and Ben Norman. And it was a strong start from pitcher junior Nick Gallagher. He had a career-high eight innings, three runs, seven hits, and is 2-1 and one on this young season. The Hawkeyes play Oral Roberts today and then Minnesota tomorrow. The week ahead, Iowa will host Northern Illinois Tuesday at 3 5 p.m. back at Dwayne Banks Field, and then they'll play four games in the Snowbird Classic, two in Port Charlotte, Florida, one each against Villanova on Friday, Bucknell on Saturday, then a Sunday doubleheader versus Lehigh. Just a reminder that the On the Mat segment you heard earlier in this podcast was a shortened version of a full On the Mat show that was released yesterday where Tyler and Matt McDonough go deep dive in terms of the Big Ten championships, and you'll hear from a number of the key Iowa wrestlers. So listen to that podcast as well. Thanks, as always, to Tyler Chumlin and Jack Bransgard and to Iowa's coaches and student-athletes. And again, special thanks this week to former Iowa wrestler and NC. AA and Big Ten champion Mac McDonough. Hopefully he'll be back for more. And we hope you've enjoyed this program. All Hawkeyes Mike podcasts are available and can be subscribed to on iTunes, Overcast, and other podcasting apps. HawkeyesMike.com. Podcasting Iowa athletics for 10 seasons. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really, a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.